We've been in a series of command, a, a, a sermon series on the commands of Jesus. Because if he told us to do something, we ought to know what they are, and we ought to be doing them, shouldn't we? If we're going to be obedient disciples of his. I was surprised in looking through my notes and files that I had never preached a sermon on the golden rule. And so I hope to atone for that this morning. Matthew 7, 12 is where you find it. A lot of you have it memorized. I would, it's a simple verse. It's easy to commit to memory. The hard part is committing it to life. Matthew 7, 12 says this. Whatever you wish that men would do to you, do so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatsoever you wish that men would do for you, you do for them. And Jesus concludes that by saying, this is the law and the prophets. I learned a lot about this verse this week. As familiar as it is, it's pretty rare. Let's bow together. Father, as we come now to consider what's been known as the golden rule for centuries, help us to not just be familiar with it or be, uh, re-familiarize ourselves with it, but help us actually to incorporate it into our lives and into our hearts and begin living it. Only with your help is that possible. In Jesus' name, amen. J.C. Penney began his store in 1902 in an interesting way. Penney's store was once known as the Golden Rule Store. When he first opened those few stores in 1902, that's what they referred to them as. And uh, Penny was the first one not to call those who worked for him employees. He called them associates. And I think Walmart has picked up on that. He treated his employees, he treated his customers the way he would like to be treated. And in so doing, he was able to take one general store in 1902 and build it into a multi-billion dollar business because J.C. Penney actually lived and practiced the golden rule. He tried to treat people the way he wanted to be treated. He treated them with love and respect. He was fair with his customers and his associates. And as a result, his business prospered. Do you treat others this way or not? You know, our instinct, what comes naturally is that we're nice to people, we're nice to others, if they are nice to us. But that's the problem, isn't it? Jesus did not say, treat people the way they treat you. He said, the way you want people to treat you, treat them that way first. It's the biblical mandate of that phrase that became popular about 10 years ago. You remember the movie that came out, Paying It Forward? pay it forward. You take the initiative. You don't wait for somebody to be nice to you. You be nice to them first. And in so doing, maybe they'll be nice to someone, someone else, and someone else. And by the way, it's a command of Jesus. And as I mentioned, I was surprised to learn that I've never preached on the golden rule. It's famous. It's a famous verse. And, and, but, I, but I guess if you were to ask the average person on the street, what the golden rule was, they could not tell you. How many of us could? Whatsoever you would that men would do to you, do so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let me say it again. 
Whatsoever you would that men would do for you, you do so to them. This is the law and the prophets, Matthew 7, 12. Now let me put that in modern English. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do to them. Whatever you want somebody to do for you, you do for them. This is the law and the prophets, Matthew 7, 12. In other words, treat others the way you like to be treated. It's not complicated, is it? But it sure does seem difficult for most of us to do. And I think I know why it's so difficult. Jesus himself knew our heart and its propensity toward selfishness. In the, pre, in the preceding verse, verse 11, he says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you then who are evil. So Jesus knows we're selfish. He describes us as being innately evil. But in verse 12, he says, this is the law and the prophets. And so the law and the prophets, what is that? That's the Jewish scriptures. The law, the, the prophets made up, made up almost the entirety of, the, of our Old Testament. And so Jesus is condensing the entire Old Testament into a single principle. He summarizes it. He says, whatever you want people to do for you, you do for them. And it finds its roots in an Old Testament verse of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18. It goes back 2,500 years, incidentally. You shall not take vengeance or bear any grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19, verse 18. People naturally love themselves. And so this command uses a human characteristic, that human trait that shows us how we are to treat others. How you want somebody to treat you, you treat them. If you want somebody to love you, love them. If you would like somebody to be nice to you, you be nice to them. And it's interesting to note, and I, I learned this in seminary, but I was reminded of it this week, that no other religion or philosophy has an equal to the golden rule. The golden rule is unique. And you'll often hear critics and pundits of Jesus say that he is just mimicking, he's just imitating something that's been around for hundreds of years. A common ethic that is shared by many religions, but that is not true. Because in Jesus' command, there is a subtle but very important difference. Let me read to you what some of the other religions teach, and you see if you can tell the difference. Confucianism says, do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Hinduism says, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And Judaism, Rabbi Hillel says, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow creatures. That is the whole law. All else is explanation. You see what they're all saying? Similar to the golden rule, but they're all phrased negatively. They put it like this. Don't do to others what you would not want them to do to you. That's been called the silver rule. Don't do to others what you wouldn't want them to do to you. Jesus alone gives this in a positive form. And the difference is profound. 
Let me explain it. The negative rule would teach behavior like this. If you don't want to be robbed, don't rob somebody. If you don't want, if you don't want to be cursed, don't curse somebody. Um, if you don't want to be, if you don't, if you don't like something, if, if you don't want somebody to do something to you, don't do it to them. But the positive form turns it around. If you enjoy being loved, love others. If you like being appreciated, appreciate others. All the Eastern religions say, refrain from doing evil. Only Jesus says, do good. The other religions say it's enough to hold your negative behavior in check. Jesus says, go out and look for ways to act positively. It's not just not doing something negative. It's doing something positive. That's the difference. The command to love separates Christianity from every other religion. In fact, in the Bible, we're even commanded to love our enemies, and no other religion teaches that. Matthew 5, 43 and 44. You've heard it said, you shall love your, enemy, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Nobody else says that. Obeying the Christian ethic of love is a mark of a Christian. In fact, Christians can't claim to love God if they are not acting lovingly toward other people. That's in 1 John. Don't say you love God whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen. And so the golden rule has taken what other religions have turned negative and made it positive. It's not don't do something that you wouldn't want done to you. It's do something good for others, whether or not they've done anything good for you. It summarizes the Old Testament. It summarizes the law and the prophets and encapsulates it in one short verse. Why should we do it? What's the rationale? Well, Jesus knew there were two ways of giving. One way is to give in expectation of getting something in return. Getting something back. It reminds me of the man who gave a ping pong table to his wife for her birthday. He knew that if she used it, that he would get the benefit of it too, since it takes two to play ping pong. He didn't just give it to her with no strings attached. He gave it with the full expectation that he would have it and he could enjoy it too. And when we give with the expectation of getting something back, we aren't really fully giving in the first place. Susan's been trying to teach me that for a long time. She buys birthday presents and Christmas presents for all our relatives. They never give us anything. And I get aggravated. And we got something in the mail Thursday. And I looked at it and I knew it was for a, a great niece. They expect those gifts. They give nothing in return. So I asked Susan, how long are we going to keep this one-sided gift-giving going? And she said, as long as they're our family. <laughs> Jesus tells us there's another way to give, though, with absolutely no expectation of getting anything in return, and that's the best way to show love. Freely give just because you want someone else to be fulfilled. 
in some way. You sacrifice your feelings, your needs, your desires for someone else. What you feel on the inside of your heart determines what you show on the outside of your attitude. Why are we to act this way? What's the rationale? Are we to be nice to people so they'll be nice to us? Are we to scratch their backs so they'll scratch ours? Of course not. Jesus tells us why. He says it sums up the law and the prophets. And as I mentioned, we refer to the law and the prophets today as the Old Testament. But in Jesus' day, they didn't call it the Old Testament because they didn't have a New Testament. It was just the Scriptures. It was their Scripture. It was their way of understanding the teachings of God. And so this behavior conforms to the kingdom of God, the requirements of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, which is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. So everything we are commanded to do as followers of Jesus can be summed up like this. Whatever you would that people would do to you, you do first to them, whether or not they do it for you. Right here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been teaching us how to live in right relationship with God. He's told us all these things. He's commanded all these things we are to do to be in right relationship with God. But now here he says we also have to be in right relationship with other people. And suddenly we realize that our relationship with God and our relationship with other people are intricately connected. He's telling us that if we treat others the way we want to be treated then we'll be receiving God's blessings for doing so because we'll be in the right relationship with Him too. And the way to be in right relationship with others, the way to sum up the law and the prophets, whatever you desire people to do for you, whatever way you want people to treat you, you treat them first. So how do we apply that? What do we do? I think the first place we need to start is in the home. Spouses treating others with love and respect. Children, parents, grandparents, grandchildren. A brother and sister were in their attic looking through the letters that their parents had written to each other many years ago. They're going through an old trunk in the, in the attic. And the boy asked his sister, are you sure these letters belong to mom and dad? And the sisters assured him that they did. And he said, well, these sure aren't the names they call each other today. You know, every time you say something negative to your spouse, your child, your friend, or anyone, you are taking away from them a little bit of their self-worth. You're robbing them of their self-worth. And we need to treat each other the way we would like to be treated in our homes. A marriage counselor told the husband that he needed to work at being more loving and attentive to his wife. And so he was determined to do that. And so one day he comes home a little early from work and he has a dozen red roses in one hand and a box of chocolates in the other hand. And his wife opens the door and sees him standing there and immediately bursts into tears. And in between sobs, she says, Little Johnny has just thrown up and your parents just called and they're coming over for dinner and now you show up here drunk. (laughs) That's the way it is in a lot of families. 
And if we can't treat our family members any better than that, what hope do we have of treating other people any better than that? What hope? Whatever you want people to do for you, you do to them. Don't sit back and wait for them to be nice first and then just reciprocate. You go out and take the initiative. You take the first step. You go out of your way to treat them the way you would love someone to treat you, whether or not they come back in return or not. It doesn't matter. That's the law of the prophets. That's the summary of God's teachings in the Old Testament for us. You know, I was was thinking about this last phrase, and it occurred to me there's one other time in the New Testament that Jesus concluded a saying with these words, this is the law and the prophets. Do you remember when that is? It's over in Matthew 22, and we call it the great commandment. Matthew 22, verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, on these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. Loving God and loving neighbor summarizes the law and the prophets. The way that you want people to treat you, treat them, summarizes the law and the prophets. So the great commandment and the golden rule are summaries of the scriptures for the Jewish people. And if Jesus thought the golden rule is similar in importance on the same level as the great commandment in significance and importance, then if Jesus thought that, then maybe we should too. So what are the two, what are the two commandments that Jesus gives us that summarize the law and the prophets? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whatsoever you would that men would do to you, do so to them. The great commandment, the golden rule. On these two commands hinge the law and the prophets. Jesus knows that his followers can change the world if we'll just obey his commands. And he tells us how to do it. Do to others what you want them to do to you. You want to be forgiven? Then forgive. You want encouragement? Then go out and encourage. You enjoy a compliment? Go out and compliment somebody. You like a smile? Go out and smile at somebody. Sound difficult? Sound impossible? It is without the grace of God operating in and through you. So you might be sitting there thinking, okay, if someone does something nice for me, I'll pay it forward and do something nice for someone else. Well, then consider this. Consider what Jesus has already done for you on the cross as the initial act. What Jesus has already done for you. He has demonstrated ultimate love in dying for your sins on the cross. And now he asks us, to go and pay it forward. Do to others what you want them to do to you. Treat others the way you would like them to treat you. The golden rule is pretty easy to commit to memory. It's pretty difficult to commit it to life. And yet that's what God 
commands and expects. And if we followers of Jesus Christ are going to distinguish ourselves from the rest of the world, we, we cannot just be nice to those who are nice to us. That's what everybody does. Jesus says, you go out and be nice to them first. You go out and serve them first. You go out and minister to them first. You go out and care about them and care for them first. Whether or not they respond is inconsequential. You do what you need to do. You do what you would like to have done for you. You take the first step. You be proactive. You take the initiative. And then leave the results up to God. Let's bow together. Father, a lot of times we just sit back on our haunches and wait for people to be nice to us and then we decide whether or not we like them and if we do like them then maybe we'll be nice to them too. But you say, that's not enough. That's what everybody does. That's just instinct. And you expect your followers, people who bear the name of Christ, to distinguish themselves from everybody else in the world by treating others the way they would like to be treated. Not just not doing something if they wouldn't want it done for them, but doing something if they would want it done for them. And so that opens the door wide and makes possible so many things that we need to be about were we in their circumstance and desire somebody to have done it for us. And so show us, Lord, how to love even our enemies, even those who persecute us. And in so doing, let people know we are Christians by our love. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.